All right. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most important aspects you need to have as a real estate investor. So if you're interested in being a successful real estate investor, grab your pen and paper or whatever you take notes on. You're going to love this episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. I'm actually just on kind of on on cloud nine, on fire at the moment. I just finished a wonderful podcast episode with Danielle Chaisong out of Ontario with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. I had to practice that a few times. I had to do a little promo at the end and it was like, let's get real real estate podcast. No, damn it. Let's get real real estate. Ah, curses again. So it's on the Let's Get Real. I screwed it up again. Look at me here. Let's Get Real Estate podcast with Daniel Chason. So, Danielle, um, I hope you have a chance to listen to this one. Had a blast. It's had a thorough blast. Uh, we had lots of fun. Um, and this is a, an episode of the podcast I'm sharing on my channel that I was a guest on somebody else's channel. So if you do get a chance to check check out Danielle's podcast, the Let's Get Real Estate podcast, by all means, I'll leave a link in the show notes below. Please check it out. She does a wonderful job, very high quality, lots of cool guests, lots of people you probably have heard of, lots of people you haven't heard of, but does a really good job making it really fun. And if any of you have been on my channel and my podcast and listening to all the episodes, you'll you'll see some similar themes. And I think I've even shared this on some of the um, opening context of things about how I am a guest on somebody else's show, the formula that I use, the intentionality that I do, the FIRE acronym, the feeling, the intention, the reflect upon, the execution, things that I do. And I do this, like I'm, I'm a 100% a practitioner of not only do I just talk about it, not only do I teach it and share it with anybody who wants to listen, I actually do it on a daily basis. So you'll see a lot of um, themes that you've probably seen on other podcasts that I've done. You'll see a lot of, um, you know, opening up with gratitude, deflecting the opening question, talking about myself, um, how I'm here and my mission and things like that. You'll hear a lot of, of, you know, for some of you, if you've been listening to every one of the podcasts, you go, Russell, I've heard this before, but stick with it. You maybe will be hearing this a different way. You maybe will be hearing this um, for the first time in a different manner. You will be a different person than the first time you probably heard it. And I've shared this analogy multiple times on my podcast before, is that, you know, as you know, gang, that a person never stands in the same river twice. So you are a different person. The water is a different f flowing past you. So make sure you just kind of stick with it. Make sure you are um, engaged in the process. So in this one, we talked an awful lot, Danielle and I. We had a lot of fun. Um, had a lot of fun sharing. Had a lot of fun giving back. We talked, you know, the, the top five reasons and top five obstacles that people face, right? The team analogy for many of you, if you've been listening, you know, time, education, attitude, mindset, money, and then lack of the team. So, and um, I think I cleaned up the way I usually share that. So if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, that'll be brand new to you. Or if you are familiar with that acronym, um, it'll be a refresher for you to, but then take a look at it, take a look at it through new lenses. Take a look at it through new lenses on how is this showing up in your life? Maybe this is 100% showing up in a different way within your, your life here as well. So we dove into the obstacles that people are facing. We talked an awful lot. We went really deep into the mindset one on this, and I'm a firm believer in everything revolves around the mindset, but I actually break down something more important than mindset in this episode. Now, what is that? You got to listen to the episode to find out. Okay, gang. So hope you enjoy this one. This is going to be fun. Um, I hope you have as much fun as I did. It was a true blast. Thank you, Danielle, once again. And please help me welcome to today's podcast, uh, Danielle Chason. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So let's get started. All right. Woohoo. A little bit of a... 
<laughs> I better fix my hair too, right? Fluff your hair. <laughs> fluff. fluff your hair, Russell. Uh, we're, we're going high. We're going high. You know, what did they say? Hire the hair closer to God, right? That's what they say. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Danielle Chason here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. I'm your host. And today I'm super stoked to have the one and the only Russell Westcott on the show. Woo, woo. One Russell, and only. Welcome to the show. Hang on. I'm just kind of looking over my shoulder. <laughs> who, who are you talking about again here, Danielle? <laughs> oh, oh, come on. It, Don't be so humble. Oh, well, it's uh, I'm Canadian. Isn't that part of our DNA uh, is, is we, we, we were born, we come out of the chute with the humble gene, if you will. Right. So it's on, I'm, I'm happy yes. to see you. It's been far too long. Uh, we were just reminiscing. I, what was it? 2019 or something like that. Maybe the last time no, we, we bumped into each other, maybe we, we saw out at that Grant Cardone oh. event or something as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm ha- it warms my heart mm-hmm. to see you. Oh, I forgot about that event too. Yeah. yeah. So there's been a few. Yeah, there's been a few. But you know what? I I see you on stage and you just have such a great, genuine energy. And like the stuff that you share, you're very passionate about the things that you share and the people that you're helping. You're you're helping people Canada-wide through coaching and consulting and everything that you do. And you're just on point. And I just love it because I resonate with that. You and I are just like on the same page when it comes to that. So I appreciate you coming in the show and doing exactly that, continuing to share and help the audience and to help them grow. Um, Because there's a lot of people that want to get into real estate. And right now we're in... um, We're in uncharted territories for a lot of real estate investors. So there are new challenges out there when it comes to real estate investing. So today we're going to talk about overcoming the five obstacles or five obstacles when it comes to real estate investing. But before we do that, Russell, I know who you are, but if you wouldn't mind, can you introduce yourself to the audience for those who are maybe just starting in the real estate space? Wow, you've you've really unpa- you've really unpacked a whole bunch of stuff already. We can go multiple different <laughs> directions already. You know, I'm I'm here to I'm here to help and serve as best as I can. And before we do get into it, um, I wanted to just first of all offer you a huge first of all a congratulations for your launching of your podcast and and the putting of it out there Thank and you. good quality content, Canadian based. You know, I imagine you're probably going to expand it over uh, over time. is is very needed Definitely. in the marketplace. So I just wanted to acknowledge what you're doing to start, and also I want to give you some props. And uh, here's the props I want to give you: is your meeting invitation, your reminder system, the system you're doing for the for the <laughs> emails that you have. Um, you're using autoresponders. You're using all this kind of stuff. It is it is the best I've seen, and I've been on probably 50, 60 podcasts. Now as a guest, and yours oh. is gold standard, to be honest. And I, I have a feeling that Evan Fellow, who is listening in the background, probably has to do with a lot of that. So I, just you're doing a you're doing a hell of a job. Just just as an FYI. Thank you. Yeah, I try to. I always try to level up and do like I just we can do baseline, but I always try to do better. Yep. And the reason why I try to do better is so that we could do more and grow and continue. Well, to let's grow. put it so this I way. Appreciate acknowledging that your campaign has been put into my swipe file of things that I need to implement for mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's best practices, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Russell Westcott is learning from me. Wow. That's that. I'm going to put that on my resume. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. Well, I, no worries. Seriously, I didn't need my ego boosted, but thank you very well, much for that. <laughs> 100% the truth. 100% the truth. And um, now I'm just, uh, you know, being a humble Canadian, I just, that, that question you just asked me, so please t- tell me about yourself, Russ. Um, I just deflected it. <laughs> Because one of the hardest, totally did. the hardest questions to answer, and just and this is just maybe for me, and it's probably for most people, is so tell me about yourself and stuff like that. We, we're Canadians, we're humble. We just deflect that from time to time, um, and it's one of those things. Sometimes you just have to get over, and you just have to sometimes get out there and share your story. But um, you know, the simple answer, and I'll give this as as quick as possible, is. Um, Within the context of real estate, I had no background within real estate. I grew up in a small town in in Saskatchewan, a place called Guernsey, which is just outside of Lanigan. So think Potash country, that's where it was. 
grew up in a mobile home, you know, and we had the, I make the joke all the time as we had the mobile home in the trailer park that the people were envious about. We had the double wide trailer, right? So everybody in the trailer <laughs> park was envious of that double wide with the carport, right? So um, had no background within real estate. Uh, uh, my dad built a house when I was like 13. I helped him build it. And then from there, I went on to a university degree, got my Bachelor of Commerce, started up the corporate ladder within the world of prepackaged food, craft foods, Dairyland out Eastern Canada, you know, at a Saputo, was in the marketing department there for many years. And then I had one of those crisis moments. And that crisis moment was, you know, we usually have those crisis moments in, in uh, birthdays that have the zero at the end. So it was the turn of the century year 2000, I was turning 30. And where does a young man who's having an identity crisis at that time, I was renting a basement suite, you know, I had a good job, fast car, girlfriend, all the kind of stuff you think is success, but I, I was lacking purpose. I was lacking vision. I was lacking direction. So where does any young man turn when they're 30 and lacking uh, direction in life? You turn to Oprah, obviously. And on the Oprah Winfrey <laughs> show, I saw this wonderful interview with Robert Kiyosaki, and he was talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that little purple book, you know, not the purple pill, which is a completely different conversation, but that little purple book <laughs> changed my life. And, and I looked at things completely differently after that. I got into my entrepreneurial journey. I then discovered real estate. I met a wonderful mentor um, who took me under his wing. And then um, for the past 20 some odd years, I've been just every single day, I've been just obsessed with this game of real estate to try to be better. And now I'm at a point in my career where I'm pouring in and helping others. I'm past the significance of what I want to do myself personally. My significance now is how many people I can help. So I know that was probably a little longer than three minutes, but uh, that's the quick snapshot for the last 20 plus years. Hey, look, it's all good. And I, I love that. And I'll tell you why, because there's so many people that do come from a humble background and that creates a limiting belief where they're unable to look past that because they potentially grew up saying, oh, that's not for us. Oh, that's, that's, you have to be born into it. That's the life of somebody else. That's not the life that we're, we're deserving, or that's not the life we were born into. And so knowing that background where you come from, by the way, just so you know, and this is why we connect so well, because <laughs> I was in that single wide trailer <laughs> and I was the one that was envious of the double wide <laughs> that you were in with the carport. So just to put that out there. Uh, yeah. So coming from the East Coast in a small town, I totally relate to your story. And I had those limiting beliefs and maybe you did too at some point was able to overcome them. But until I ended up moving out of the Maritimes and saw, wow, there's a whole world out there that I can make happen what I want and crush those beliefs, then I, you know, your story can empower others. And that's why I always like to hear the background on people because more often than not, people come from a more humble background than they do, especially in real estate. And so that's why it's called the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. It's all about real people coming on the show. And, uh, and yeah, so thank you for sharing that story. But now I know why you and I, you and I connect. And I I believe, I get it. I believe everybody has that moment where they decide, discovered that there's more. And I imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, we could probably, you could unpack that or probably have unpacked that many times for your audience as well. But there's always that moment when you sit there and go, there might be something else outside of this town. There might be something else. There's a big giant world. There's something else. I have something greater to contribute to this world than to, you know, go work out at the potash mine, you know, come home and drink a few beer after work, marry the high school sweetheart, play senior hockey for until I can't play hockey anymore and just have that existence. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just discovered early on that there was more than that for me And that's what led me on my journey. Yeah, for sure. It's not for everybody doing what we do, because sometimes I look back, I go back home every year (laughs) and I'm like, dang it, life is so simple. (laughs) I could come back here and just do nothing all day. It would be awesome and play hockey and drink beer. Like you said, yell at my kids. It would be great. But then I know that's just not the life for me. So there's a fire. um, So let's dive into this. 
Yeah, there's definitely a fire. I think the difference is we're curious. We're curious. We want to learn more, see more, see what else is out there, do more. And uh, some people aren't so curious. They're just quite content in, you know, in the life that they live. So, and that's awesome. Sometimes we're called for a higher purpose. And that's why we're probably kindred spirits is that we've been called. We have been given these gifts and these blessings. And when you're Mm -hmm. a blessing, when you've been blessed, you need to be a blessing for others. So we've been called to do this work that we're doing. I love that. Um, So, yeah, so let's talk about, so there are some other people out there that are listening to the show at this very moment and they feel called and they want to tap into their potential so that they can be giving others a blessing and whether it's sharing content like you and I do and helping through education um, or if it's just, you know, becoming in an investor and getting into real estate and maybe employing people, employing property managers and cleaners and contractors and giving good, healthy, clean housing for, for tenants and people to live in. Cause there's some really bad like houses out there and bad landlords. So we elevate the whole housing market for others. So what, let's talk about these obstacles so that the people that do have that purpose and calling can start fulfilling their purpose. So let's talk about the five biggest investment obstacles. Okay, perfect. So so first of all, everybody, if you are listening to this, um, this would be that time during the listening that I would encourage you to either grab a pen and paper or make some notes or grab your favorite device and get the notes out because you're going to be taking lots and lots of notes and you're going to want to come back to this many times, okay? So part of the work that I do with investors, I work with investors across the country, whether they're buying their first place or whether some of them that are buying have, you know, millions and potentially even billions of dollars in portfolio valuation. I work with people across the country. Without a question, the biggest obstacles that people come across, there's five of them. And I've been doing this research for 20 some odd years. So if you're making notes, grab the pen and paper or grab the notes on your on your device. And the five biggest obstacles are number one is T stands for team or team stands for time. T. So let me back up again. I'm stumbling all. I'm so nervous here, Danielle. It's like this is the... <laughs> Uh, here's here's the best way I would describe it. I want everybody to write the acronym TEAM, T-E-A-M, on their pad of paper, okay? Now, for some of you, you're sitting there going, well, Russell, there's four letters in the word TEAM, and you said there's five obstacles. So the first obstacle you have to overcome is math, right? And, you know, when it comes to math, you know, you know the old saying about when it comes to math? There's three kinds of people when it comes to math, those who get it and those who don't. Oh, hang on. Wait for it. <laughs> I should yeah, have, there was I, a delay. I, there was a delay there for me. I'm not going to lie. I, I should have, <laughs> I I should have a rim shot or something. There. Oh, there we go. All right. So. <laughs> okay. So, so the acronym awesome. is TEAM. T-E-A-M. The T stands for time. The E stands for education. The A stands for attitude mindset. And the M stands for money. And then the acronym of TEAM is the fifth obstacle. And that's lack of TEAM. Okay, so time, education, attitude, money, and team. Those are the five biggest obstacles everybody faces, right? And when I'm having conversations with people, and I'll ask a very simple question, and this isn't meant to trip anybody up or meant to, um, you know, um, a gotcha question or any of that kind of stuff. It just, I will ask the question, so what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Most people will tell me their goals. Most people will tell me their dreams. Lots of people can tell you what they want to accomplish. Lots of people tell you what they've done. They can tell you their vision in five years, right? And then I'll ask the question is, okay, so what's stopping you? And that what's stopping you will fall within those five categories. Lack of time, lack of education, lack of mindset, attitude, lack of money, and lack of, t- of the team. Okay, so and I could break down each and every one of those into stories from clients and how they've had to bust through. But but think about that just pragmatically. If you're listening or you're watching this, every obstacle you will ever face within real estate, within life, to be honest, can be broken down into those five buckets. And is there one in particular you want to dive into, Danielle, or do we want to just kind of go over all of them? I want to go over all of them. We're not leaving anything out. Well, let me ask you a question. Why don't we start this? Of that, the time, the education, the attitude, and the money or team, which is the biggest obstacle that you think people would probably have? Or maybe you, which maybe is the biggest obstacle you are facing at the moment? 
Uh, I think the biggest thing for people, I think the biggest limiting belief that they have to overcome is money when it comes to real estate, because we're dealing with, with big numbers. And so sometimes when, when you haven't broken into the real estate world yet, those numbers seem very un, unattainable kind of outside of their realm. I mean, you're making $60,000 a year, but you're talking about million dollar properties. How do I come up with that money? Yeah. Russell? Well, that's, oh man, you just, you just put the little white ball on a tee and I'm just going to knock it out of the park. You just, you hit up, you hit what probably my expertise is and of most of all. Um, but here's the ironic thing is most people that come to me and we start working on it, most people think that the money is the biggest obstacle. And I 100% agree. However, if you mm -hmm. solve the team, if you solve your education, you solve your mindset, and you solve the time and all those things, the money actually is a result that will come quite quickly from there. But let, let's, let's unpack the whole thing about where do you find the capital? Where do you get the money from? I, I remember now, maybe I'll give a story of a client of mine. Um, so this client is sitting there and he was um, struggling to, you know, about a year ago, he was struggling to be able to even uh, analyze properties, like even just how to do a pro forma. Like that's where he originally started. That was a great place to start analyzing properties. I gave him an, ex uh, an exercise to go away for two months to research different markets, research different types of properties. After two months, he came back, said, you know, I want to do my, my hometown is where I want to invest. I go, great. What type of property? He goes, well, you know, what I really want to lean into is commercial. And I'm going, holy moly, that's a big step, commercial. But let's let's do this. And he goes, the reason why I want to lean into commercial is because we have a family-run business, and we'd like to buy our own piece of real estate for commercial purposes to have our family-run business, and let's own the real estate ourselves, okay? And I said, what a fantastic idea. So then the next couple months, as we dove into the whole realm of commercial real estate, he found an agent, he found mortgage brokering, people I connected him with, people that I know that are out there. He, he had three, four failed offers that just didn't close on it and things. He was getting all discouraged. And then all of a sudden, the fifth one that came around, he eventually wrote an offer on it. It didn't quite come together. And I said, well, why don't we pivot here? And why don't we look at doing this? Why don't you do a rent to own on that commercial space? Lock in your price today with some terms over time. And you have that price to, to buy in in, a, in three to five years from now. So they he negotiated a rent to own on a commercial space. They're moving their family run business into it. They actually have three other bays and areas to rent out to other people. It's going to be a nice cash flow performer. He's going to charge a management fee to this. Now, now he's got so much swag and confidence, he's looking at more commercial opportunities. And he's now approaching his family and friends and others sharing the good news about commercial on why the triple net lease and how you can make some money. And he's talking to people that have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars that could become investment partners into it. So we're talking from a, let's call it nine months to now from barely being able to analyze a property to being able to now present to other people for them to put up their capital into a next project that he's looking at. And I have stories like that every single day, and I have hundreds of stories like that. In nine months. That's incredible. So you had somebody going in. They had four failed projects. Four like failed for offers that, off that just didn't come offers, together. Yep. Me. Yeah. So for, for a lot of people, they just put their hands up and say, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've done everything I can. It doesn't work. And they walk away from it. So let's shift over into the attitude mindset of the acronym of TEAM. So yep. the A is attitude. So how, how do you help overcome that so that people don't give up and they have the right mindset and the right attitude when they're approaching businesses and dealing with what others would call a fail? Yep. Well, let's put it this way. Um, that let's go, let's continue the thread of that conversation with that, with that one client. Um, he had a standing appointment with me every two weeks. So he was, his, his options were to, to move forward and keep moving forward with the homework and the assignments that we gave him to do or quit. And he wasn't quitting. So first of all, he was not going to quit. He was going to make this work. And every two weeks, we just kept having a meeting. We kept moving things along. And at the end of that meeting, we'd set priorities for the next two weeks. And we just kept chunk chunking along each two weeks. And he had to be accountable. He had to be accountable for the process of the goal that he had to do. When something failed, we went over, what do we clean up for the next one? Okay, now you just had a, a world-class education. Um, I'm a firm believer 
Um, you could sit there and you could read all the books. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can even attend all the masterminds and courses you want in the world. The best education you will ever get is by actually getting into the market, writing an offer, doing the work, having an offer be, uh, go conditional or unconditional, or even having it fail. He learned more from the ones that did not transact than the one that has transact, transacted so far. And now he's doing things like permitting. He's uh, building a renovation team. He's now putting, uh, transitioning the family business over to that. And he's actually looking at more commercial spaces now. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because so many times, uh, you know, with my students, when they were looking at properties and they're vetting properties, like, oh, that one's not going to work. And that one's not going to work. So I'm not going to go bother looking at them, but you're looking at one down the street. So go walk through them anyway. Number one is going to get you more familiar with that market, but also analyze it. Take a look at it. Sometimes you never know, but you're going to learn something by going out there and doing. So I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people do uh, overthink it. They read all these books and listen to all these podcasts, but at some point you got to start taking action. Yeah, it's you got way to get there. If so. you can see over my shoulder, uh, shoot the puck. I keep that on my on my desk every single day. It's it's just something that I just have to remind myself. It's what I remind everybody. I'm subliminally putting whenever I have my coaching calls, guys. I just point over here when they're going. Well, what do we do? Well, you just got to shoot the puck here, right? And and I, an audience of Canadians would understand what shoot the puck is. But it's actually an interesting story backstory. It's it's one of my uh, signature story of myself, but it's it's a it's a core philosophy is you just need to shoot the puck sometimes. Yeah, well, isn't it a saying? I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm such a horrible Canadian. I just I'm not too much into sports. But isn't it something? It wasn't it something that Wayne Gretzky said? If I don't shoot the puck on the net, we'll never get a goal or something along those lines. Oh, Danielle, the, you, have to, turn a, your, you have to I'm turn sorry. your Canadian card in, don't you? <laughs> You you could you can make up you can make up Danielle by by going and getting a Biebs T-shirt or a, a Tim Biebs oh or something. You can make up your you can get your Canadian card back by doing that if you like. So, oh boy, I, I believe I, I'm it, going it, to Tim Hortons right after this. Exactly. I'm going right after. I believe it is you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Oh yes. Okay. Now that you said that, yeah. totally yes, that totally came back to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and it was Wayne Gretzky, right? Yep, one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent correct. Okay, so at least I got that. Yes, you did. So I got that. But, right. but got you, that you do right. have to okay. make amends. You have to, you know, pay homage to Canada <laughs> by by going and get some Tim Beebs or, or something from Tim Hortons. You got to get a double double at least. <laughs> Every day. I get a double-double every day from Tim Hortons oh, without fail. Go. So there is that. Yes, there is you are that. redeemed. So redeemed. Okay. So yeah. So, but it's true though. If you don't take a, if you don't take your shot, you're never going to score a goal. 100%. And that's the bottom line. I mean, yep. That's, that's it right there. So, so now we covered money, we covered attitude. Uh, and the, the attitudes just don't give up, just keep going, fail forward. Right. Yep. And so now when you have your students coming in with you and then they get that education, what does that education do for them? Like, well, how does it all fit in with everything else? Yeah, 100%. So it's, um, education is one of those big giant buzzwords out there is everybody's educating yourself. It, it comes back to a point I made earlier is I like to educate by doing, right? So somebody, if we're going to work together or somebody within my community, I'll give homework assignments. I'll give them tangible things they have to do because, and an absolute worst case scenario is if you sit there and you read a wonderful book or you learn something or or you've heard this wonderful presentation, there needs to be some kind of an action step after it. You need to implement the education or else it is just 100% wasted. And there's multiple different examples. Let's put it this way. You, you recognize it on Facebook and all the groups that you go across. And there's lots of people that will just sit there going... I have a question here. I have a question here, but they actually haven't done anything. Now, first of all, I 100% a high five and give that person um, a big props for at least asking the question and learning and doing the, being part of the education. But eventually, you have to get into the pool, right? You can't learn to swim by standing on the side of the pool. You actually have to get wet. You have to get in the pool and it's totally okay if you got water wings on and you're hanging to the side and you're just doing little flutter kicks. That's totally okay, but you do have to get into the market. You do have to analyze properties. You have to engage in potential with a potential realtor. And eventually you have to do what I call a critical success event in real estate 
is you got to write an offer is one of those linchpin moments is everything happens once you write an offer with conditions. Now, we're entering into a market cycle that we can actually get conditions again accepted, but you still have to just do that work. You have to write an offer. You have to get conditions. You're now off the side of the pool deck. You're in the water doing the little flutter kick, and that's part of the best education you will ever have um, is just writing an offer. So going with that pool analogy, are you the parent that's taking me to my swimming lessons and holding my hand and putting on my little floaties and throwing me in the pool? And if I start drowning, you pull me out? <laughs> well, if I was telling the, the, the real story, I'd be like, my dad, my dad was the one who goes, ah, what the heck? And, you know, we're, we're, we're born in the 70s and 80s. It was just like, throw you in and say, go figure it out, kid. <laughs> But we were always there. We always had, you know, there was somebody with a pole on the side of the pool deck. And if if I was going down or under, dad would be the first one in to pull us up. Right. So, so and you know what? And I love that analogy. Yeah. I love that analogy for coaching because that's what it is. Coaching, you know, your coaches, the people that you hire to get the education and the coaching and the accountability will pull you back if you start getting too close to the ledge or if you start drowning and running out of air. So, I absolutely love that analogy. So, but I don't know that I can look at you any differently now than, you know, my dad on the side of the pool <laughs> there to save the day. Oh, there, there could go a whole thing of uh, down. That we, there's a lot of rabbit holes we could go down there as well. Or we could just talk about the pool deck with the nice umbrella and the and the, the margaritas pouring and the, you know, the, the, the happy hour, if you will, too, right? <laughs> The happy hour, the happy hour. Okay, so let's talk about time. Because a lot of people, they go into, they, they want to go into real estate and they hear people like you and I and say, look, get the education, find out about it. You want to know what you're getting into uh, to mitigate your risk. You can reduce your risk, limit your liability by getting educated. I did yep. that, by yep. the way, two and a half years. I took two and a half years. I went and did a lot, did a lot of learning going down to the States and I uh, got my real estate license, all of that. Two and a half years, by the way, was way too long. Um, but again, I got stuck in the education component and never really started implementing. Um, and then I really started my education, to your point, when yep. we started implementing. So let's talk about time and yep. what that looks like for people who are getting into it. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, and, and here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is um, every single person listening to this podcast and watching it, Every single one of you has exactly the same amount of time. And you also have the exact same amount of time as Elon Musk, as your favorite influencer that you follow on there, Jillian Harris, whoever you you follow on your social media channels, you have exactly the same amount of hours as they do. It's how you choose to use them. It's how you choose to fill them, which makes the difference in your result. Now, here's the work that I get with people to do is typically we get really laser beam focused on how we're going to spend each and every day. So we start off with identifying your core vision in life. We do vision boarding. We talk about what you want to accomplish in life. We talk about you doing the work. We actually put a vision board together of you sweating. If you wanted to go run a marathon, we put a vision board of you losing your toenails on on stuff like that. We We do a visualization of you doing the work for your goals. Then from there, we talk about your values, your belief. We come up with a core valuation of who you are. And then after that, we do three or five, three and one year goals. And I really focus in on the one year goals in seven different areas of your life. And then after that, we pick three top goals that you want to accomplish. And your goal for the next 90 days is you have to do something. One thing every single day to get you closer to those top three goals in 90 days. And if you focus every single day of moving the needle forward on your most important tasks of your goals, which are aligned with your values, which are aligned with your vision, you can't help but start moving forward. So it's being proactive. The best, the best way I could describe is um, when I do the work with people is we get extremely intentional on how you structure your day right from when you wake up in the morning, whether it's 5, 5.30, whether it's 8.30, 9.30, 10. Whatever time you get up, it's, it's irrelevant. But the first thing you need to do is you need to structure your day and there needs to be three to five critical tasks that you must get done today that lead up to you achieving your goals. Mm. 
We're going to jump right back to the episode very shortly. But before we do, our partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another creative real estate investing tip. So if you're interested in growing, growing with velocity, and if you're interested in 10xing your portfolio, creative financing and private money will be maybe the route you want to go. So in today's tip, Dahlia is here to share all about some private money financing. Take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and in the next episode, starting with this one, I will share with you some creative financing strategies that can help you 10x the size of your portfolio and how to utilize these strategies effectively. Today, we will discuss private money. Private money involves borrowing from non-traditional lenders such as directly from private individuals, corporations, or through mortgage brokers who have access to such funds through various channels. Private money is the most expensive type of capital to use as an investor. Therefore, you have to be aware of all of the costs involved, such as higher interest rates, lender fees, broker fees, legal fees, and exit fees. Due to the higher costs, this type of capital is best utilized for short-term investing, such as the burst strategy or a flip or a project where you may not be able to get traditional bank financing to kickstart the project, such as a development or construction. There is an abundance of private money available to you as an investor, and therefore, you have the power to shop and negotiate terms that work best for your projects, from loan to value, to interest rates, to frequency of payment, as well as fees. The process of qualifying for private money is more lenient, and often, lenders close on a short notice. To use this strategy effectively, here are the things you need to plan for. Number one, validate and plan your exit strategy before entering a private money deal. An exit strategy refers to how you will pay back the private loan at or before the maturity of the loan. Assuming that you will be able to refinance with a cheaper lender once the term is up or taking someone's word for it is not an exit strategy. Invest the time upfront to work with an experienced mortgage broker who can review all of your documents and plans upfront and confirms which lender you can refinance with once the term is up. This way, there are no surprises when the term comes up for renewal. Number two, get independent legal advice. Private mortgage approvals are not standard and each agreement is different. Review the commitment with your lawyer before you sign. You do not want to be caught off guard at renewal with crazy renewal fees or terms that work against you. And finally, be careful with 100% financing. 100% financing sounds amazing for many investors as they can pick up properties with nothing in the deal. It is, however, a two-edged sword for two reasons. One, 100% financing often involves securing the mortgage against another property through a cross-collateral which reduces your flexibility and exposes your other assets to the risk of the loan in case something goes wrong. Also, 100% financing means that you need a significant lift to the value of the property to pay off such loan at 80% of the value at the time of a refinance. If you are looking for competitively priced funds, with assurance about your exit strategy or guidance on where to utilize private money within your portfolio, our team at Streetwise Mortgages will help you unlock your possibilities. Email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. But Russell, I have three kids and I have to manage a household and I, my day can't be structured because I have to drive kids to daycare and drop them off at school and do lunches. And what do you mean I have to do structure? Well, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want them? <laughs> like, seriously, how bad do you that. want it? Do you, is this so bad that you, it's, it's, um, it's causing you stress by not accomplishing this goal it's causing you more stress than by actually changing and doing the work um the kids are not awake 24 hours a day they're not and if you need to get up a half an hour earlier each day for the next five or six weeks we eventually get up at five o'clock in the morning so you can have between five and seven in the morning to yourself to work on your goals you just get it done um i have one of my clients um 
he uh, if he's listening, I hope he does listen. He is working up on the pipelines, and he's a welder. He's welding on the pipelines, and he works fourteen hour days. And he honestly only has like a like a half an hour to an hour between when lights have to go out after the time he eats and showers and works out and calls the family and the wife and the kids. And let's say he has an hour a day at the absolute most before shutout for before shutdown time. Um, he in the last six months has bought nine units while working in Northern British Columbia and his entire markets in another place. So he is laser beam focused on his time. As a matter of fact, I think busy people are better at time management, right? There, there's an old principle out there called the Parkinson's principle is work expands to the, to the space that it's given. Think about it for a second. You know, let's go back to our high school days. We had, we had two weeks to do a report, right? When did you start working on that report? <laughs> if I was lucky, yeah. two days before. Two days, man, day you're, you're a keener, aren't you? <laughs> Most people, it's oh. the night before typically, right? But let's yeah. say you only yeah. had two hours to fill out, to, to do that report. You probably would have started it right now. You've got her done and you probably delivered the exact same quality of report that had something for two weeks versus two hours to deliver. So the Parkinson principle is work expands to the time you given that you give it. And I encourage people to actually have more priority, like more giddy up. I call it the giddy up and, you know, fancy way of saying having more urgency to do that, to get her done in a shorter period of time. Yeah, there's no doubt about when people have a timeline, they produce better. And I would say too, like when when you don't give yourself a deadline to do things, and then it ends up dragging out, and then it drags out for so long that it starts feeling heavy and weighing down on you, and now it becomes a heavy task. And something that would be normally easy to do when you procrastinate and you put it off, then it actually becomes a much harder task yep. to do. And then when you finally, if you do ever get to it and you finally sit down and do it, you go, holy crap, why did I put it off for so long? It was yep. actually not that bad. But it starts building up in your brain to be some monstrous task that's yep. overwhelming. Well, here's the the best um, deadline that I give people, and I've already mentioned it and talked about it earlier. The best deadline within the context of real estate is write an offer. Because once you have an offer written, there is mm-hmm. deadlines that you you can't miss. If you are committed to purchasing that property, there are deadlines that you can't miss. So that's what you need to do is you need to put a stake in the ground is here's the timeline and here's the deadlines and here's get done. Or the other fun example I give to people is um, you, you want to know the, the trick on how to clean your house? You want to know a trick on how to clean your house? Plan a party. Yes. Plan please. a party. If you plan a party and you invite (laughs) friends over to a party, I guarantee you will probably sit there and you will clean your house before the people come over. So you've given yourself a deadline and that deadline is that you need to get the house clean before people come over. So I have to have people over every Saturday so that I can clean my house on Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. But you're right. But you're absolutely right. I mean, we're laughing here and we're having a good time. But for those of you that are listening, honestly, deadlines work. The problem is, is that people give themselves deadlines and then they don't honor them. And I think that's also something that's really difficult. And then when you start getting into that habit, you go down a rabbit hole because then it does become habitual and then you can justify anything, right, Russell? So how do you, how do you get past that? It 100% comes down to accountabilities of, for example, Mm -hmm. in my list of five things I need to get done today, nobody but me knows what's on that list, right? Um, so one thing I could do is I could have an accountability to somebody and say, here's five things I need to get done today. Or I could just have to make sure I honor my word. And a lot of people will sit there and go, geez, I just don't quite have the confidence to move forward and buy properties. I'm just, I'm not sure what I'm doing. You want to, the simplest way to, to build the confidence to be able to acquire real estate is on a daily basis, honor the commitments you make to yourself, honor the commitments you make to others. And over time, you will develop that just unbelievable, undeniable confidence that if you just keep honoring your word of the things that you're going to get done on a day-to-day basis, um, success is inevitable. Absolutely. And it becomes habitual over time. It's a conscious effort in the beginning, but if you consistently make that effort, like you said, it becomes easier. It's like working out that muscle. It's hard in the beginning, but then you just work it out without thinking anymore and you just keep 
practicing that. So like yeah, I have, I so, I'll give you a quick a story. An analogy is I have um, some clients of mine, especially I, 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 I gauge energies of how people are moving forward. Sometimes some people are stuck. Some people are moving forward just with velocity. And the best thing I can do is just kind of, whoa, let me get out of your way. Let me, let's make sure you're not going to get into trouble. Where the, where the guidelines, where the boundaries, if you're going too far, I'll correct you and bring you out. But if they're in there, I'll just get the heck out of their way. But sometimes some people are stuck and sometimes their people are just not moving forward. And it always comes down to doing the work on a daily basis. And I even get to the point of with some people, if they're just seriously stuck, but they're seriously committed to want to move forward, that every week they have to send me a note at the end of the week of what their top things they had to do for the week and what the top things they have to do for the next week. They have to report on a weekly basis. If that's not enough and they're still stuck even after doing that, I've had some clients that on a daily basis have to send me what they're doing every single day and tomorrow they have to report how they did the day before and what they're doing the next day. It comes down to that accountabilities and more importantly, it comes down to just honoring what you say you're going to do and doing the work. It's really all it comes down to. It's just really doing the work and honoring what you say you're going to do. Yeah, I love that. Now, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at getting into real estate and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, okay, great. I've got this list of five. I've got the team, the education, the attitude, money, and the lack of any of the above, which is the team. It sounds like a lot of work, Russell. I don't even know where to start. What do I do? Well, here's the, the best place to start if you don't know where to start is to to find somebody who's been down that path before you and reach out and have a conversation. Like, for example, um, if you jump onto my social media channels or my YouTube channel, I'm very clear on where I invest, what I invest, what I do. I'm very clear on what I put out there. And um, if somebody is just not sure of what steps to do, I introduce my team on, on a lot of my social media channel, all my podcasts, all there's there's thousands of people that you can talk to to just take that next step forward. And and here's the best what I, I, I would share with somebody would be is let's ask a good question. Let's ask a better question instead of what do I need to do? Let's ask a question about what if. What if you actually make this work? A lot of people, when I, they, they ask, when I frame the question of what if, everybody will go to what if this goes wrong? What if I fall flat on my face? What if I don't get this offer accepted? What if this doesn't work? Oh my goodness, people will talk. What if this? What if that? And they go down into a downward spiral. And I sit there, okay, great question, but let's, let's reverse it. What if you win? What if this does work? What if you do get this offer accepted? What if you show and proved yourself what you're capable of doing and you're actually able to raise $150,000 from family and friends to be able to buy that? What if you actually buy that place and in seven to 10 years, you add another $250,000 to your bottom line? What if you actually win? So that's a better question to frame that from is what can I win? What if I do the work and I win? That is an exciting thing to do is what if I do the work and I fail? And I, I, I say, what if you do the work and you fail? Great. You actually get to find what you're made of. You actually get to find your, um, your grit, your determination, your passion. You get to find what you're made of when you fail because you will learn more from your failures than you will from your successes. So what if you fail? Good. Embrace it. Own it. Move forward from it because what if you win and what if you can do it? So what if? Very powerful question to ask. I love that. And just reframing it, like you said, you can focus on a positive or you can focus on a negative. It's your choice which way you want to go. And it can be very powerful when you shift that perspective. And that comes right back to the A attitude and how you're looking at things. 100%. And, uh, you know, would you say it starts with mindset? Everything, you know, the success that people find and, and how they do in business, would you say mindset is what's going to get them there in the end? Yep. It, and here's the thing is I 100% agree first and foremost. Um, but mindset gets a bad rap. Um, it gets a bad rap for the, for the following reason. 
is it's one thing to have an amazing mindset and sit there and go, oh, I'm very clear I'm going to buy this apartment building in Whitby, Ontario. I'm very clear. I visualize it when I brush my teeth. I heard this thing. I tell people, I told everyone I'm going to do that. And I'm, I'm very positive I'm going to do this. Okay, awesome. That is the start. Have you wrote an offer? Oh, what do you mean? You actually have to do something, right? The visualization and the mindset is a great starting point, but what are you going to do with it? And this is one of the things I I share with a lot of people. Um, A lot of people are very proud uh, and boast about all the books they read. That's great. I strongly encourage you. I read a book a month, minimum, every month. And uh, it's great. So then, but I will ask a better question at the end is what things did you implement from reading that book after you were done with it? Because it's more important that you do something with what you learn and you've pivoted and changed your mindset. Do something with it now, as opposed to just reading it, sounded good, put it on the shelf, right? Um, One of the best things that I tell people to do is if you just don't know what to do with something you've learned, Share it with somebody. Go teach somebody. Go teach somebody. I, I just was on this wonderful podcast, the Let's Let's Get Real Estate podcast with Danielle, and I learned about this whole team analogy of the, the five things that stop people. I want to teach this to you, Uncle John, right? John, so here's the things that stop people, the time, the education, the attitude mindset, the money, and the lack of team. I'm going to teach that to you. Now you're taking something you've heard, something you've learned, you're teaching it to somebody else, and what you're doing is you're communicating to somebody else. You're now deepening your learning, and you have a conversation with Uncle John and talking to him about one thing I'm passionate about is real estate. I want to buy a property, and Uncle John's going, yeah, would you like some help on that? I've been thinking about real estate myself. And then maybe you just start that conversation by you teaching something to somebody else, which leads into a conversation that maybe you can collaborate on a project together down the road. But then it comes back to how taking action, how much action you're taking based on what you've learned, whether it's from a book, whether it's from a podcast, whether yep. it's from a seminar or a conference or RIA meeting that you've been to, but taking action on what you've learned, even, I love that, even by regurgitating it, not only does it deepen your retention rate and make it better, but it also is still taking action and moving forward. Well, you you get the benefit of sharing it with somebody else. You get the benefit for yourself of deepening your knowledge and you get the benefit of putting and communicating something out to the world that might lead into a different conversation and a different framework. Uncle John that you just shared that with might sit there and go, holy moly, I I never really looked at you that way before. I always knew you as that snot-nosed kid growing up and geez, you're, you're actually becoming a becoming a cool, cool adult here and you, you're, you're doing a lot of these things, man. I wish I had the confidence to be able to move forward and do things. And then you sit there, Uncle John talks about confidence. Oh, that Russell guy, he talked about how do I build my confidence? Here's how to build your confidence, Uncle John. Every day, write down three things you're going to do and hold yourself accountable and do it. And slowly you will have an undeniable attitude and an undeniable confidence. So what you just start doing is you just start putting yourself out there. And you just, and I'm, I'm getting fired up here and I'm talking really fast. And when <laughs> I, I get a it. tailwind, I can go about 700 miles an hour, but it's just something I just love. And I, 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 I take a stand for people's success. I take a stand for helping people move forward. I take a stand. In some cases, I'm more passionate for people's success than they are for themselves. And uh, that's okay. Borrow my confidence in you if you're lacking confidence yourself. Borrow it and try it on. And uh, get out there and just shoot the puck, right? Sorry if I keep coming back to the same analogy over and over again. (laughs) But you know what? It's okay. Here's the thing, too. You're shooting the puck. You're shooting the puck in the backyard in the ring that's on, you know, on a pond in the backyard. You're not in the middle of the playoffs, right? In front of millions and millions of people because this is Uncle John. This is your backyard. So what happens if you fail? What if you try to explain it and you can't explain it? This is the conversation because it's it's good either way. If it's great and he gets on board and he supports you, awesome. Because now you're already learned, like you're way ahead of the game. Yep. But if you even fail, I would say that's okay. Not fail, but if you're having struggling trying to get it out and trying to explain it to them, like you're firing me up right now, Russell. Yep. I'm just saying. So, but if you're trying to get it out and you just can't explain it, and then you're like, oh, it's okay. You know what? Let me let me figure it out. I'm gonna come back and re-explain it to you tomorrow because I it's not quite clear in my head and I'm not able to convey it to you, which is fine. But you're practicing so that when you are pitching 
to potential lenders and potential partners, you got to start somewhere. And so make those mistakes and trip over your words with Uncle John, because yep. that's where you got to start. Well, that's and here, start. here's the best way I can frame it for, for people is um, I believe there you cannot fail in that whole scenario we just talked about. If you have the proper mm -hmm. intention, if your intention is to share something with Uncle John to help Uncle John learn something to transform, to move forward. If that's 100% your intention, you have no intention of Uncle John working with you or collaborating with you. You have no intention of that. Your intention is to inspire Uncle John to um, look at real estate differently. Maybe Uncle John's in a funk. Maybe Uncle John is stuck. Your intention is to help Uncle John move forward. And if that is your intention, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you step on your toe and stub your, stub your words and you, you know, make mistakes, um, you cannot fail. You truly can't because your intention is to help another person move forward. That's your intention. And then from there, let's say you have a result. And let's say I, man, I pooped a bed on this one. <laughs> it was, woo boy, woo stink, woo wee, it was stinky. Then you come back to your, to your community and you just say, here's what I did. I had this conversation. Does anyone like if I, if I can tell you what I talked about and I've practiced with you and let's, let's collaborate on how to clean up my messaging a little bit. Um, so really, I don't think there is any, you cannot fail. You really just truly can't if you have the proper intention. And if you also have an intention of improving it and cleaning it up for the next time you do it. Absolutely. I think coming with the right approach, uh, and the mindset again, it's coming in that mindset, right? The right perspective. Hey, I'm just going to do this so that I can practice. That's it. And then there is no failing because you get it out, you practiced it and that's it. The outcome is irrelevant at that point yep. because the intention was to practice. The intention was to share your story, share what you learned. So I love that. Absolutely love that. Look at, we are like way over time, but I'm just having such a good time with you. I, I'm reluctant to stop, but unfortunately all good things must come to an end. Oh. Russell. Do we and need so to put another quarter? Do we need to put another quarter in the Zencaster? Or something? <sighs> <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, I just want to keep going. We'll just chop it up into like five part series. <laughs> I will definitely have you back if you will come back. Oh. I would ha be happy, happy to host you again. Yeah, be honored, um, honored to on, serve, honored to help. On, oh, so exciting. Yeah. yeah, before the show, guys, I know uh, there's a little bit of chatter that we have before we jump on the podcast. And we were talking about different things to talk about. And like there was like eight different topics that Russell and I <laughs> were throwing out there. And honestly, it was hard to like even come up with what is it we want to talk about because there was so much good content. So definitely I will have you back, Russell, so that we can share, continue to share with the audience and help enlighten them and help them on their real estate journeys. But before we go, a couple of things. Um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about your coaching program, how you can help them and how you can be that dad on the pool to help support them oh. and make sure they're not drowning? Very nice. Very nice. Um, so first of all, thank you. Um, just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you for having a platform to just, you know, be myself and be that humble goofball kid from Saskatchewan that's living in the suburb of Vancouver. And I'm just having lots of fun pouring in and helping others. I'm just, that's my core mission in my life is to, over the next, you know, 15 years is to help a million people, one million people with the tools and resources to help wow. you buy one more property. Because truly, I firmly believe that one more property added to your portfolio could be life-changing money. For somebody, just think about it, a person in Ontario, you know, all present market things aside, if you bought a property over the last two years in Ontario, that's life-changing money in some cases for some mm -hmm. people. And mm -hmm. I want to be that person to inspire and encourage people with the tools and resources to help them acquire one more property to their portfolio. And I have a goal of, of impacting 1 million people. If any of you would like to be part of that mission or be part of that, you know, mission to be able to, to help people. And I got a hand up here, Danielle. Absolutely. Um, I'm in. Right. I'm in. Let's, let's do this. Let's be part of this. Right. Wow. Um, the, you just read the, my mind. The best place to do it is if you just go to my website, russellwescott.com. Everything, that's kind of the hub that everything revolves around. That's where you can find YouTube channels and podcasts and blog posts and all my, my world kind of revolves around the website is the central hub with spokes going off of that. And I just tell you, if you just Google my name, you'll, you'll easily find out uh, where I'm at and what I'm doing. As you start typing in Russell West, 
you know, W-E-S-T. Um, usually the first that'll come up is Russell Westbrook. I'm not Russell Westbrook. You'll get the you'll get the joke when you see it. Um, but it's russellwestcott.com <laughs> is the best place. Now I got to look it up now. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm going to do that as soon as well, we get up. Russell <laughs> Westbrook is a is an NBA basketball player, like seven feet tall, and ah. so, so I, I'm I'm not an NBA basketball player at seven feet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Yep. So I got you now. I, but see, again, I'm not into sports, so I just totally didn't, had no idea. I'm sure lots of people knew who that was. Um, so yeah, any final words of wisdom before we leave? A big takeaway, something that people should know before we say goodbye to Russell today? Yeah, you know, just lean into the work. Um, no matter where you are in your process, um, an early coach and mentor of mine once told me that no matter how good or how bad things are going, there's always another level. Meaning, if it's going bad, there's another level down. And if there's going good, mm-hmm. there's always another level. And if you're just truly focused on delivering value, helping others, pouring into other people, and just keep moving forward. And if you just focus on a daily basis of just doing that work, put one foot in front of the other each and every day, continually just up-leveling every single thing you do. And over a course of time and a course of years, you won't even recognize who you are. And that is so inspiring. And that is so encouraging that you don't even know whom you can become yet. And the last thing I'm just going to leave with people, and this is how I leave off all my um, episodes, everything I do, is I always just want to be a source of inspiration and encouragement. And I always come from a place of love. That's where you know where I stand is to inspire, to encourage, and come from love. And if you have a core value, live it every single day, no matter how difficult things are getting, no matter how hard things are, live your core value and you'll just be a kick butt person. Absolutely. Integrity is everything. And the secret to living is giving. I heard that from uh, one of your neighbors out there, Darren Jacqueline. Um, he's uh, amazing. I don't know if you know who he is yep, out there. Known but, very well. Um, yeah. So Sir Darren Jacqueline now, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm always exciting. scared to get knighted um, because I think that they would cut my ear off with the sword or something when they're doing on the shoulders or something. <laughs> That's a great question. I wonder if it's sharp or if it's a blunt sword. I'd hope it's a blunt sword just in case you don't want a knighting ceremony to exactly. go wrong. <laughs> wow. That'd be a story. That'd be a story. Would. So, so, so here's my, my, my sir knighting accident here. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So yes. And you know, and he says it all the time and I, and it's principle he lives by and I've had him repeat it to me a thousand times so I can like drive it into my head. But the secret of living is giving and yep. that's principle that he lives by. And I absolutely buy into that. And uh, it does come back to you tenfold. So stay strong to who you are, live with integrity. And Russell, thank you so much for coming on the show and just dropping bombs today for everybody. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back um, probably sooner rather than later because I really enjoyed this episode. In the meantime, though, thank you. So in the meantime, though, we do have to say goodbye to the audience. And I just want to say thank you to you for coming back every day. Every week, I should say, and being such a loyal subscriber and fan of the show. So thanks again to everybody who's been coming back and for all the love and the support that you're sharing with me um, through my DMs and whatnot. So keep that coming because it encourages me to keep moving forward. Um, I just love the stories that people share. I'm sure you do too, Russell, when, you, when you're doing stuff like this. So again, this is Danielle Chason signing off for the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. This is where real people are doing real estate. Bye for now. Hey, hey, hey. So what did you think? What did you think of today's episode? Did you get the pen, pen and paper? Out? Did you get the your notes app out? Did you take some notes from there? Did you, what was the one thing that's more important than mindset? I hope it was pretty clear in there. Is there one thing that's more important than mindset? Yes, there is. And that's the doing, the action, the taking something that you have from the thought to the action. It's more important that you do the work, then just have the great mindset. Now, don't get me wrong. The mindset is an incredible starting place. But what about when you don't feel like doing it? What about when you don't have the right mindset? What if you're just having a crappy day? 
of being able to do the work by starting, by getting things done, by taking action and keep moving forward, that is more important than the mindset itself. So did you hear something different in this episode than what you've normally have done? I'm recording this in and out just um, shortly after doing the the interview, and so it's quite fresh, and um, I sit here and look at as um, some things that I can clean up for myself of this is, you know, listening more. Um, being more engaging with asking the good questions and stopping and waiting for the answer from the person. That's one of the things I get a bad habit I have is sometimes I ask a question and then I just plow through and I answer it. <laughs> so I need to, when asking a question, have to stop, have to pause and have to wait for the answer. Um, the inflection, the going fast, the going slow. I caught myself a couple times where I was just getting fired up and I was going a million miles an hour, going 700 miles an hour. And then I had to slow things down. So the pace, the cadence, the um, interactivity. So every time you do a podcast episode or every time um, you deliver a piece of content, do you analyze the, the film after, analyze the recording? How can you clean up your process? How can you make it a little bit better? How can you, um, for the next time you do the recording, how does it impact and land more effectively and create an impact on others. That is the key thing that I always want to look at for. Okay, gang, um, don't want to leave this one too long for the outro. Hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, more coming. I'm just having lots of fun. Got probably a half a dozen lined up in the next week of interviews I'm doing, plus also other people that are coming on my show. Just getting warmed up, guys. We're entering into year three, and I hope you're having yourself a wonderful time of sharing the show wonderful time of the inspiration and the education and learning the process. Okay, gang, remember, in every interaction we have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.